Hi, and welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. My guest today is Bethan Thomas. Uh, she is one half of Hot Tea Mama, a company that she launched with her partner, Kate Achilles, in 2017. Welcome along, Bethan. Thanks for having me, Emma. It's lovely to talk to you. So uh, before we delve into uh, your kind of setting up the business, tell me a bit more uh, about your background, because it says on, I think, on the website that you're the first non-Chinese person to get a degree in tea science from, I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong, University of Agriculture and Forestry in Fujian? Fujian, yeah. Yeah, so I am. I do have a very specific tea background. So when I left university, um, originally, I actually moved to, to Shanghai, not tea related. Um, I was working in marketing, but I fell in love with um, Chinese tea and just everybody drinking whole leaf um, tea, you know, from bus drivers and builders mm. to in the not office. Not a tea bag inside. Not a tea bag in sight, no milk, nothing. Yeah, I ended up falling in love with China as well. And I did um, a master's um, in Chinese studies so that I could learn to read and write Chinese. And then got myself a job at a British company, but focused um, in China um, and London. So I spent many years between Hong Kong um, and then the southeast coast of China, um, Japan and Taiwan, buying tea, absolutely loving it. And yes, before I decided I was going to sort of properly settle down with my partner and we wanted to have children, I asked permission to go back to China um, and study um, tea science out there, which um, I'd found at the university um, in Fujian. And I absolutely loved it. So I have a lot of kind of knowledge, both from my buying career, but also, yeah, studying into the benefits of tea, um, the biochemistry, um, how best to brew um, and make different types of tea. And have now, yeah, ended up setting up my own tea business, focusing on using some of that knowledge to benefit women, hopefully. And it, yeah, what was the, I guess, the, the crux point, the sort of decision to, to go ahead and set up your own company? Yeah, it was entirely Kate's fault. Um, <laughs> so she, She's not here to defend herself, but... <laughs> not. Um, but yeah, she had the original idea for the business because she was, well, she had children earlier than me and she had two in the space of a year so she was on a very restricted diet Um, she's a big coffee drinker yeah she's extremely um, sociable and loves you know going out and having a glass of wine and dinner with people and you kind of suddenly realize that you can't actually do Mm. everything exactly as you were so she started asking me a lot of questions about teas that could help her. She had bad morning sickness and was there anything that could replace the coffee to try and make her feel a bit better within the restrictions of, of pregnancy and then breastfeeding, um, you know, when she was a mum, just being exhausted, tea kind of becomes a very good friend. And she yeah, said As long to me, as you can drink it before it turns As long cold. as you can go, yeah, before it can, turns cold, Exactly. Um, but yeah, she sort of said, well, why is nobody making tea specifically for this market? And I didn't know. I think it's mainly because it's considered sort of niche compared to creating a tea that anybody can drink. Yeah. And we decided, yeah, originally that we would set up um, a hot tea mama. And we were very much focused on pregnancy and, and motherhood at that time. So coming from our own experience, we created six teas and went kind of from from there organically 
growing them. We've got a lovely community on Instagram who, yeah, have kind of come with us over the last four and a half, almost five years. And since then, you kind of suddenly realise when you stop having kids, you know, my period came back after breastfeeding and it was really painful and, and bad and much heavier than it was before. And actually, you know, there are certain herbs and teas that have been used for millennia to support women with menstruation. And then we entered our kind of early 40s and lots of friends were starting to go through perimenopause and again, asked us about teas that could help with that. So we've ended up extending our range to kind of cover life, basically. (laughs) But anybody, yeah, anyone. A cup of tea for everyone. (laughs) Yeah, anyone who's affected by, by periods. and. Yeah, we now sit with kind of eight teas as a result. And yeah, very happy. I mean, I was talking to someone the other day, my partner works in public health um, in developing countries. Mm-hmm. And he's away at the moment. And I often feel bad because he's got such a noble kind of career helping people. And I was like, oh, you know, essentially, we're just flogging tea, but we are flogging <laughs> very like tasty, supportive teas that at really difficult times of life actually a cup of tea can be a huge support and the right well, it's our knee-jerk blend. reaction isn't it to, to to any crisis let's put the kettle on exactly yeah and if you can put the kettle on and have something that hopefully is not only going to psychologically help you but physiologically support you as well I'm really proud and we get lovely messages from people saying you know they're having an absolutely awful time um but having the tea is helping them and making them feel better. And that is kind of wonderful. That's what we want the tea to be doing. And um, so the the tea that you've specifically focused on kind of perimenopause, yeah. this, this is, am I get this right, raspberry leaf ginseng? Yeah, it's a blend. Valerian root, yeah. Basically every single ingredient we've kind of picked to try and help with um the most common kind of issues that that people face and you know it's not in any way kind of a, a drug or a medicine but hopefully there's lots of small-scale research and traditional use that that it can help so yeah the the ingredients kind of range from green tea which has got lots of great links to helping with bone health oh, and also really? speeding up metabolism yeah it's all you know relatively early stage in large-scale human mm. trials but yeah it's believed to hopefully help improve um, bone health um, and that is research mainly in the far east into osteoporosis um, and using green tea as part of a holistic diet rather than black tea or Mm. coffee um, to support that yeah and again also there's research showing that it can hopefully help uh, with metabolism and and weight gain which so many yeah women face through midlife ginseng which you mentioned and ginkgo biloba both are linked in studies to kind of cognitive health um, and improving brain fog and kind of anxiety valerian root in there is very specifically for anxiety lots of fantastic research into how yeah valerian can support reduce uh, reducing stress um, anxiety also helping sleep hopefully mm. There's sage and licorice in there, which I selected because they have good links to helping with hot flushes. So just a natural way to try and support your body if you're going through big temperature changes. We do recommend having the tea iced because hot hot drinks aren't going to help you if you're in that situation. But having um, a kind of jug of cold tea 
on hand when you need it with those ingredients in can hopefully um, so, so you can have you can use it either way you can have it hot or you can you totally can yeah okay. you totally can I think anybody who isn't suffering badly from hot flushes but maybe is is going through more kind of stress anxiety mood sleep issues hot is great and will kind of increase your oxytocin level just having a nice hot cup of tea but if you're having hot flashes then um having it cold is best so yeah the ingredients are all kind of targeted um there's there's good research sort of there but it's not going to replace something like um hrt we see it as kind of whatever path you choose to go down through midlife it's sort of part of a toolkit rather yeah. than um, a solution um, of sorts but it can can be really helpful and soothing and do you recommend is there a limit on how many sort of cups of that you would cups to have a day either need to have or that you would not want to have more than I don't know four or five in a day is there a kind yeah. of a sweet spot yeah we always kind of refer back to um, NHS guidance around pregnancy obviously you're not pregnant at this point, but I think they're very good. <laughs> and again, because caffeine can also affect people who are having hot flushes a lot. Yeah. Um, again, the pregnancy guidelines are something I quote to anybody going through perimenopause because sticking to 300 milligrams of caffeine per day um, and enjoying the caffeine that you do have, not restricting yourself um, too much is great, but you're not going to get to a level that would hopefully impact your symptoms. Um, And it's the same with a lot of herbal um, and speciality teas, that when you're pregnant, the NHS says don't have more than four cups a day, purely because there isn't enough large scale research with humans, particularly pregnant, to show there wouldn't be um, a negative impact. And I think for anybody that's a good good amount to kind of stick to and the good thing is that if you were to drink three cups a day regularly um like with anything that you eat um or consume the benefits build up in your body over time so particularly with a tea you can get a real benefit from having a cold cup of iced tea if you're suffering from a hot hot flash but if you do that regularly through your day, hopefully the sage and the licorice are going to kind of uh, build up and just reduce those symptoms. So you can get an immediate kind of refreshing benefit versus a build up over time. So yeah, we always say three to four cups a day max is what. Yeah, and if you were if you were having coffee as well, then you would reduce that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, ah, uh, the take a pause has approximately kind of thirty to forty milligrams per cup, so it's quite low in caffeine. Um, and you can definitely still have um, a cup of coffee if you're really monitoring your caffeine levels. Instant coffee has less caffeine in it than whole bean coffee. I'm a coffee snob. I'm sorry. I, can't I know. It's, I like, instant coffee it's like, no, I want a proper one. But you do get a lot more caffeine in a filter. So, yeah, some people swap it out just just if they want kind of a wake up. But, yeah. Um, you can still have a filter and two cups of tea a day, but I just wouldn't have four at that yeah. point. And you've got some nice um, little bundles on your website as well, where you're pairing the take a pause with the night owl tea. Night so owl, like sort of yeah. Tea type if you're having problems sleeping. Absolutely. And I think particularly kind of stress and anxiety can be have such a huge impact on women. Um, yeah, something like the night owl, 
it's got valerian in it as well, which, yeah, one study showed that valerian was more effective than a sedative wow. in helping people sleep. Um, but everyone relaxed differently to herbs, so it's it's not a guarantee, but it does have really strong anxiolytic benefits. So the other ingredients in there are chamomile, whole chamomile flowers, um, lavender. They're both very high in linalool, which is really calming and soothing. Um, and it's why you get a lot of, you know, lavender pillow sprays and things like that but studies show that if you drink the lavender as an infusion um you actually get more of the benefits than if you just inhale the kind of aromatic compounds so yeah chamomile and lavender both have this very kind of soothing benefit lime flowers have been used for millennia in kind of middle eastern countries to again ease anxiety and aid sleep and hopefully yeah you know, you can take a pause during the day and light out in the evening. Yeah, because um, presumably that's got no caffeine in it. No caffeine at all, <laughs> yeah. So if you're avoiding that, it's completely caffeine-free. They're really soothing because I think so often just going through big hormonal changes is really emotionally draining. And again, a cup of tea that is delicious and soothing as you kind of drink it psychologically is going to hopefully give you some benefit alongside the physiological effects that the actual leaves can have as well Mm. and for anyone who's listening and kind of maybe kind of slightly eye rolling (laughs) and kind of thinking well how much difference is a cup of tea going to make anyway what you know what sort of feedback have you had from people in terms of the the difference that it's made for people who've who've tried it since you launched it So I think everybody's different. So I would never say it's a guarantee. And obviously everybody's menopause is different. Some people will be so adversely affected, you know, that the tea probably isn't going to make much of a difference. Whereas other people with milder symptoms, it might make a really big difference. So we can never, ever sort of guarantee it. But we did do, we sort of did three months of testing with people, um, particularly because our base at the time we developed the blend kind of a year and a half, two years ago, was very pregnancy focused. We got a lot of aunts and um, (laughs) mums or big sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Who were, um, yeah, able to test it for us um, before we kind of packed it up. So we did it as a loose leaf um, and we got really, really positive feedback. We wouldn't have gone ahead with it had we not, because I particularly as a female owned and run Mm. sort of business you don't want to ever feel like you're fobbing something off that isn't going to have a benefit. Yeah. So yeah, we we went out and we uh, had 50 women test it and the majority, vast majority saw positive benefits, but it does not wipe out, you know, symptoms. No. They're still experiencing night sweats, but having having it there to drink, they felt it benefited them and particularly in mood. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of the ingredients, there are many countries where the ingredients are classed as herbal medicines, not herbs that you can drink. So yeah, we can't actually sell take a pause in some countries because we'd have to apply for medical licenses. So yeah, not in the UK. Um, but yeah, certain ingredients are shown in studies to really really help see the ginkgo biloba is a really good example of that yeah Um, because you can buy that sort of you know in tablet tablet form form. yeah and again sage a lot of people will buy sage um, in supplement form and I think actually with tea there's quite a benefit from the ritual of having a tea making a tea taking time for yourself versus a supplement um where you can actually get 
particularly around anxiety and emotion, um, a bigger benefit from having it in tea form than tablet. Um, and also, if you're like me, you totally forget to take your supplements every day and then wonder why they make a difference. I have to have them. Because I drink so much tea, I have all of mine by the kettle because that's the only way I remember to take oh, mine are, them. Mine are even in the little pill box where I'm oh, like, really? about until, you know, like get to the end of the day and like, oh, didn't. didn't <laughs> that's entirely on me. <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, being very upfront and honest, yeah, there will definitely be some people who might have it and say, oh, hardly yeah. makes a difference. There'll be some people it makes an enormous difference to. We just hope it, from what we know, it makes a difference to the majority. Yeah. So like you say, it's part of a, a kind of a toolkit of things that, that people can try. And especially if they don't want to go down the HRT route for, for whatever reason, then. Yeah. I mean, I think if you only relied on a cup of tea to help you, it probably isn't going to. But yeah, holistically looking, you know, I think there's enough out there to show that even if you go down the HRT route, looking at your diet and exercise and all these kind of lifestyle changes we can make with nutrition and um, movement are really, really important. Um, and yeah, we see we see the teas as being a part of that. Just like in pregnancy, we'd never say we have a tea for like birth preparation, raspberry leaf, which is mm. used in the third trimester to help women. It alone, you know, there might be someone who's very lucky, whose uterine muscles react extremely strongly and, you know, it's the one thing that makes a difference but the truth is it's probably if you've prepared you've you know you've stayed fit and healthy you've done research and educated yourself plus you've had the tea it's yeah uh, not a miracle cure by any means and are you have you got plans to to extend out your range further are you testing any products at the moment new ones well I haven't I've kind of we've just developed some gift sets so sort of looking at packaging things up um and putting them into nicer packaging that can go into retailers we've recently done and then a friend of mine yesterday was saying her yoga instructor gets UTIs really regularly mm-hmm. and was yeah. there a tea that could link to that and I was like oh it's the first time I've been triggered to think again of like what could because I think at? actually sometimes in in sort of perimenopause it's quite common to get sort of repeat UTIs as well yeah so. absolutely and to be fair I was saying to her I was like well actually the night owl is really good and we also have our over the moon which is our kind of period focused tea has got chamomile and spearmint which are two herbs that have a little bit of research done into them because there's very limited research mm-hmm. around UTIs um, and herbs. But yeah, they're both got antimicrobial qualities. They both increase urination. They make mm-hmm. you eat more often. And yeah, as a result, they're probably best. And Over the Moon has both of them. Obviously, Night Owl has the chamomile. But yeah, we also put dandelion root in Over the Moon, which is big in Chinese medicine around kind of liver detoxification and it um, flushes out the liver basically but again it can help with bloating um, and it can also help you go to the toilet more often as a result Uh, and yeah it's funny you kind of go well there are actually some benefits in the teas we've already got so yeah kids for tea for kids is something um, I've thought about as okay. well but yeah. again my my 11 year old's getting into tea he's quite into his fruit too yeah sweet. well I definitely my kids oh, they're exposed to it a lot but they love it and it's a lot healthier obviously than squash but there are people there are great companies out there already kind of producing fruit teas that are suitable 
So I, I wanted to use something called um, butterfly pea flour, mm-hmm. which it's amazing. When you make it, it makes the liquid bright blue. And if you add lemon, it goes pink. Oh, like like you can make the um, unicorn spaghetti, whatever yes. it is. Yeah, with, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, oh, how brilliant. And then I found out that unfortunately, legislatively, um, it's classed as a supplement, not a tea, which means that if you wanted to pack it into a tea, you're meant to get apply for novel food registration. It's very dull, but basically costs hundreds of thousands of pounds. So and we, we can't do it. Colour changing tea. Yeah. So <laughs> the thing is, you can get it from certain companies in the UK, and they're just ignoring the legislation. But that's fine because they're sort of making it themselves so they can choose to do that. And if they get in trouble, that's fine. Whereas we use a packer and as, you know, they're not willing to break the law, which is fair enough. Um, (laughs) Even though it's like, you know, feels like a slightly strict law um, for what's required. But it is what it is. (laughs) And how have you uh, just sort of generally, how have you found it, you know, launching uh, your own business? A very steep learning curve what 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 kind of advice uh, good tips that you've picked up along the way anything that you'd go back and do differently so I don't think I do anything differently because we we like I'm tempting fate we're yet to have any sort of like absolutely awful mistakes and you always learn from whatever you go through so so far touch wood so good but yeah I think my major advice at least from a personal perspective, is that I would never have run the business without a partner. So I was pregnant when we were first developing the teas and on maternity leave when we launched. Um, so Kate really kind of picked picked things up in setup. Um, and it's all a bit of a blur to me. I'm like, when did how did we establish with the company's house and do all the kind of things that are required? She just took the load. And then she moved, she's Australian originally. We met at university here, but she then moved back to Australia a couple of years ago. And I've then, you know, taken it on much, much more. And this year she's come back into the business much more strongly, setting up our office in Australia, which is really exciting. Okay. I was gonna um, say, do you do you sell into Australia as well? Yeah, we do now. Yeah, since <laughs> since last year. Yeah, which is which is great. Um but I think having somebody in it, if I'd have been doing it on my own, it would have failed a long time ago, I think. And I think Kate would probably say the exact mm. same. The exact having, same having thing. someone else to bounce ideas off and absolutely and, kind of and yeah just pull you back from the brink <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. okay and it's a good I'm a very um worst case scenario person so I often if something happens I'll go to have a bad tendency to go to a very negative place whereas Kate is an extremely positive person so having somebody that balances oh, you <laughs> is is really positive too and I think just not getting upset by slow growth because I I don't feel like we've been particularly slow to get to where we are but sometimes when you compare yourself to others particularly via social media um, where a lot of small businesses are able to you know get exposure you can think oh gosh we're why are we not selling that amount or doing x amount and um you know it took us five years to get to the point where we've got a good solid income and we can employ people everyone in the business is part-time and flexible except me but we have a really lovely strong team of women pushing everything forward but it took us 
yeah, four years to be able to do that. I didn't take a salary um, until mm-hmm. kind of three and a half years ago. You know, I work part time to support my family, but keep the business growing. Yeah. And you don't always see that. Um, yeah, but actually, being happy. All, the, uh, all the hard work and the and the kind yeah. of yeah, you, you and just present a small part of. Yeah, you're just like, oh, look, we're doing really well. Um, And actually, you know, for two years, you've been working between 8pm and 11pm and exhausted. But that slow, kind of steady, solid growth, I think is something we should celebrate a little bit more. Because often you just see a company that you've never heard of, and suddenly they're in Tesco's. And you're like, oh, why couldn't we have done that? And it's like, well, most people can't. Yeah, so no, definitely for me, it's being in a partnership has been amazing and um, not being too hard on ourselves. Yeah, have you, have you got kind of ambitions to go to, I, I don't know, do you sell sort of to the US or, I mean, I keep seeing all these um, articles and stats about, you know, the the uh, the size of the, the menopause market. Menopause market, like yeah. Women or something, a billion people by 2025. Yeah, so we um, we haven't, people buy from America on our website which um is great but we don't actively kind of um go after it because again I get into all the legislation but there's all sorts of legislative requirements for labeling and things like that so at the moment we're really focused on Australia and the UK we are going to launch into a big retailer quite soon and to be honest I think the only reason we've been able to do that is because we've had the menopause um, mm. and the menstruation products as well, because um, I think we're part that sort of, of differentiates you from a lot of the other kind of yeah, in this field. Exactly, and um, we're part of we're one of the founding members of Gen M, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a group of companies who are working towards getting more um, visibility to the menopause and understanding. Even Boots are part of it, and Holland and Barrett and Next and our last session we were talking a lot about just signage in shops you know like as a menopausal woman which is an enormous number of women (laughs) who are looking for support you can't always find the products that you need in one place so I know retailers are really starting to take that seriously Uh, and yeah the whole uh menopause section exactly Hopefully yeah so nice comfy chairs we can yes yeah <laughs> and a mix of products and you know because it is such a broad array of things that can help women and at the moment I remember looking on um a supermarket website and the only things you could see were incontinence pads oh, joy. Um, and like <laughs> a million supplements but it was not clear what any you know they all were basically the same thing packed packed up into sort of different boxes and that's really not acceptable (laughs) because I think you know there there might be you know pelvic floor trainers or exercise equipment or you know protein certain nutritious foods um essential oils you know all different things RT included that really um, should cater to the market more um, but retailers are definitely realizing that and I think um, yeah, they're waking up to the, the spending power as well of, of that yeah. kind of demographic right who control totally. the budget yeah and I think it's one of those sort of good but slightly depressing things that it probably is 
there are companies that have been, you know, catering to this market for a long time just because they are mainly female founded and have seen or been through the menopause. Whereas now it's kind of like people just realizing they can make quite a lot of money yeah. if they <laughs> cater to it. But if that benefits women, then that's brilliant. I just, yeah, I just hope it doesn't end up with a huge amount of non-recyclable plastic incontinence pads mm. in the menopause section. Um, I hope. I'm, a, I'm assuming now that you said that that your tea bags can go in the uh, the compost. They don't have any yes. plastic in them. No, they don't. <laughs> They're 100% biodegradable. Yeah, we use the bags themselves are made from cornstarch originally, so they can go in your food bin. And the actual bag. Um, that we put them in inside the box is derived from wood pulp so that goes in the food bin as well so um yeah um yeah I'm not I'm not a hypocrite (laughs) (laughs) Bethan thank you so much so a full disclosure I haven't tried your tea yet but I'm gonna go online and order some and report back (laughs) oh well yeah I hope you love it and um yeah no no judgment <laughs> from my side I just like talking about it well congratulations on your uh, I, I know you can't talk about it but uh, on your imminent news and nice. um, yeah should make it a lot easier for many of us to get hold of your products so yes I hope so be fantastic yeah thanks Emma <laughs> thanks for your time. you've been listening to the middling along podcast do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live And why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well. I do hope you enjoyed listening today. If you did, I'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed. Hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.